It is the 200 level episode 231. Mike Carpenter in the basement studios, flying solo for the second half of Illinois Notre Dame. Isaac is at the game. Trevor, I think, is under the weather a little bit, so he is recuperating. Hopefully feeling okay as he watches this. I know that the way Illinois is playing would make anyone feel better after last week. And there was something about the energy in that first half, which really encouraged me. So we're about to get underway here in the second half. Illinois leading 41-34 to as we're about to get underway here. Coleman Hawkins, who played, I think, all of two minutes in the first half, inbounds it to Trent Frazier as we get going here. And people start filtering into the Twitch room. So hello, Twitch users. Hey, T.S. Jared. Okay, so we'll take here. No foul called. And we got Kofi finishing 43-34. to And it looks like there's some sort of foul call that might be here. Um, what I was most encouraged by in the first half, when you consider how last week went, First off, the defense, while there was a few lapses, Notre Dame shot the ball fairly well, and you still kind of kept them at bay. So 34 points to me, not an issue, especially considering what you did on Friday night. Um, Also, on offense, you fed the ball to Kofi. And then, of course, when you shoot well, everything is gravy. So there's that gif, that uh, comic of the dog drinking coffee as there are flames around him saying this is fine. Well, literally, that's what was going on. Illinois was on fire, and it was, in fact, fine in this first half against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's got their own issues to deal with, with Mike Bray uh, sticking around, of course, in his 22nd year as basketball coach. But then, of course, the big news for them today is Brian Kelly going to LSU. Good for him. Okay, 43-34. to This is going to be a three-point attempt for Notre Dame up and good. This kid... Uh, whose name escapes me, and as you know, I don't learn people's names. Um, Oh, wait, that's Dane Goodwin, but he does have 10 points on two three-point baskets and a couple other field goals. Uh, Their big guy that they got from Yale, or the Ivy League transfer from last year, he's been red hot as well. All right, Kofi with the ball again. He's going to take it himself up, and no good. One of his rare misses tonight. Six-point lead so far for Illinois. So as people start coming in the Twitch feed, Let me know what you think. Uh, You're part of the conversation tonight as I am without Trevor or Isaac. First time I've ever done, I think, a live pod by myself. So we'll see how this goes. Hopefully... It's It ends as well as it started, because I, I did have a lot of fun in that first half. A long two for Notre Dame goes over the backboard. Illinois back with the ball, 18.39 to go. All right, we're going to get to the first sponsor here, DP Doe, in their 15th year. 15-year anniversary for DP Doe, which makes me feel old because I was a freshman going on sophomore at the U of I when it opened up. Uh, these guys are a campus institution for good reason. Uh, it's really the best bang for your buck in Champaign-Urbana. And they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So whether you want an office lunch or you're getting a late-night calzone, let them bring it to your doorstep. An alley-oop from DeMonte to Coleman Hawkins, 45-37, to 18-20 to go in the second half. DPDoe.com. All right. What I'm most encouraged by, and this is going macro to start, is that last week the worst case scenario started kind of popping in, I think, a lot of our heads. I did not watch the Texas-Rio Grande Valley game. I did not watch it, but um, I was following along on one of those score apps. And for those that were there, it sounded even worse than what the score app would indicate. Defense non-existent, and I think troubling to the point of we might have even called it a red flag. How can this team with that defense succeed? And now we're starting to see gradual. And I do say gradual because you have given up almost 40 points with 18 minutes to go here. It's 45 to 39. Uh, Kofi from the free throw line up and good. Nice jumper. Wow. Um, He's pretty much unstoppable right now. 
Uh, but defensively, you did you have shown a few signs here tonight. I don't mind giving up some points to Notre Dame, a team that offensively has struggled thus far, but you know they got some shooters. I do think that's something that could be tightened up. What I was most nervous about was the overall lethargic feeling around the program. And I know that there's been injuries and things to consider, but it was so bad where injuries alone and the suspension of Kofi, that could not have explained why you were starting the season so poorly. So tonight, this effort is giving me some much needed optimism. And I don't think it's the kind of optimism that's going to say, hey, I think this team's going to win the Big Ten title. Sadly, I, I don't think that's in the cards. But if we are to kind of recalibrate expectations, and that's something that I've often talked about here on this or back at 93.5, you know, if we are to recalibrate our expectations, I think that it's okay to say that this team um, will be better in February and March than they are right now. They have a lot of pieces that are somewhat interchangeable and that the best case scenario is actually pretty good. You know, the best case scenario is still pretty good here. Also, we got Derek Piper, who's at the game, and he has, I think, some good news on the recruiting front. So there's that. Um, I would recommend you follow our partners over at IlliniInquirer.com because they got the scoop on that. Notre Dame misses another shot. Illinois, a chance to go up double digits here with 17 minutes to go, 47 to 39. All right, Grandison, I'm going to do a little play-by-play, which uh, not my strong suit, not as good as Harry Black, of course. We got Alfonso Plummer, who had a huge three before the end of the half, over to Trent Frazier on the left side. DeMonte looking for an entry pass to Kofi, who sets the pick. Instead, it's over to Plummer, who's going to drive it in. Nice entry to Kofi, up, in, and one. The ball movement on offense has been, I think, the most encouraging thing so far today. There is a fluidity that we're seeing with this offense that we just have not seen thus far. You know, again, recognizing that Notre Dame's not great, right? But they aren't bad. And... As we're starting to see last week, you know, Cincinnati loses at home to Monmouth and thinking, dear God, how bad is that loss? You know, let's try to make that a distant memory. I think a win here and a win at home against Rutgers on Friday can help you do that. But I'll tell you what, next week, Iowa, and that game is going to be tough. Now, they won today on a last-second shot by Toussaint, that really uh, kind of cagey point guard that seemingly has been there for eight years. Though they did give up a big lead in the second half, so I think the defense for Iowa, yet again, is suspect. But man, their offense, they were red hot in the first half, and that was part of the reason they ended up with a win. All right, Kofi at the line here for the and one. The free throw was up, and it is no good. It's short off the front end. Okay, 49-39 to with 16.30 to go. Um, Hello, all Twitch users. Good to see you guys. As a three-point attempt for Notre Dame is up, no good. Kofi with the board. Actually, it's going to be Grandison with the board. By the way, Red hot shooting from everybody, but Grandison, who was just getting over the flu bug, has looked particularly good shooting it. Yeah, he doesn't want one there. Over to the right side to Plummer yet again. <laughs> uh, his hot streak continues 52 to 39. Now that this guy has the swagger back, he did say after Kansas State, I'm back. And he might very well be back. And if that is the case, you have a true threat now that in the first four games, it didn't feel like you had it. 52 to 39, and with 16.01 to go, Notre Dame is going to take a timeout on the court. Andre Crabello celebrating with his guys. I hope he's okay. You know, he looks fine on the bench, but the concern, of course, is that this is a somewhat mysterious head injury. I don't know what it is. It doesn't seem like we're getting much details from either the staff or other guys there, but uh, yeah, this is from Fart, Fart Mountain. Good Lord, Fart Mountain 86. <laughs> Call the plumber, there's a leak. Fart Mountain, you might have the Twitch username of the day. 
and I'm guessing you were born the same year that I was back in 1986. If that is the case, Fart Mountain, you might enjoy the same apparel that I do from 4th and Kirby. How's that for a transition? 4th and Kirby has a couple new items that you need to check out. Now, Cyber Monday is almost over, but there is a new hoodie. And this is taken, I believe, from a 1963 homecoming program. It's got the assembly hall, now the State Farm Center on it, I-L-L-I-N-I. It's another vintage-inspired um, piece of apparel that these guys have. And I got to say that as Christmas is coming up and I'm trying to figure out you know, supply chain issues and all that, what I get my Alani friends and family in my life, you know, 4th and Kirby is the way to go. You will see when you go to 4thandkirby.com, between that new hoodie and a new orange crush shirt, these guys are absolutely stocked and they restock some of the most popular items as well. So go to 4thandkirby.com in time for the Christmas holiday. You know, T.S. Jared says here in the chat, surely Curbelo's healthy by Rutgers. I, I would hope, I mean, it, it's difficult to say because if it's some sort of after effects of the concussion, you know, as I look back on the games that Curbelo has played, I can't help but think that whatever lingering head issues going on has played a role in how bad he looked. You know, if I were to think even last year when Io. He had a couple moments when he came back, but he wasn't quite the same. I think we would all agree with that. And maybe it was the after effects of the concussion because it's not like Io woke up that Sunday against Loyola and all of a sudden was a bad basketball player. There has to be some something to explain how off he was that game and the fact that even in the Big Ten tournament, Io was not the closer we had become used to. So head injuries are a tricky thing, and I don't know what necessarily is going on with Curbelo? I just hope he's okay. And I guess if it is going to happen, better to happen early in the season. By the way, I was watching Io tonight against Chicago, or Chicago against Charlotte, and he had a two-minute stretch in the first quarter. He's a pro, man. He's going to be sticking around the league for a while, and I love the fact that he is playing an integral role on this Bulls team, which is a fun Bulls team, even though I do think they might be losing right now i would have to check that another thing from fart mountain the only thing sick about corbello is that outfit baby yeah um winter coat and basketball shorts so kind of going with the adam sandler casual look all right well it sounds like from twitter um including isaac who had texted me and um trevor earlier today or about 30 minutes ago not earlier today that it's very loud in there. I gave uh, our tickets to a friend and and he and his dad went to tonight's game. And I got to be honest, you know, one thing I was going to talk about if I did a podcast between the Cincinnati game and now was the sort of mental part of being a fan. And I think that I was not alone in this. You know, when you look at pundits and other very smart basketball people, far, far smarter than me, but even when you get down to just the fan base and the enthusiasm we had coming into the season, the first Five games were jarring. You know, you started four or for six games, excuse me. You did start four and two, which you look at that and say, well, that's not terrible. But when you consider how you played against Cincinnati and Marquette, and then honestly, I think the low point might have been Texas Rio Grande. It was hard not to be extremely discouraged. And I just could not really bring myself to being in that stadium tonight because I'm sort of dealing myself with, okay, how do I recalibrate expectations this dramatically? How do I go from what I thought was a Big Ten title contender to, oh my God, we got a lot of work to do. Now, as Plummer goes in for an easy layup to go 54 to 41, he's got 13 points on 5 of 12 shooting that he's made, I think, his last three shots. You're starting to see signs that this team is, in fact, really good when things are clicking, but the thing to work on, offense is going to be there. I mean, offense was there against UTRGV. What an acronym, by the way. 
defense, though, is going to be the bugaboo for this team. And I still worry about the mental component where some nights they just won't be there. So right now, mentally, they are there. I'm happy with this performance as Plummer. That was a long rainbow three. Kofi gets the board and dunks it in. Good God. A man amongst boys. He only has one foul, so he's going to be out there for most of the second half. This lead is stretched to 13. Kofi with 18 points. Nine of 10 field goals, six rebounds. You got an All-American on your team. So if we're talking about expectations, you're going to make the tournament. I, I know for a fact, and and you know if you're in the Twitch feed or if you're listening to this the day after, you can probably back me up on this. I know that you were thinking worst case scenario for a little bit last week. Worst case scenario being, oh my God, are we going to be a bubble team? And it crossed my mind. I didn't quite go down to those depths, and I certainly didn't go down to the depths of this team is not going to make the NCAA tournament. But it was hard not to think, oh my God, is something actually broken here? And when you see the analytics places like Ken Palm move us all the way down to 25th, we started fourth on Ken Palm, all the way down to 25, you know that something is amiss. Well, defensively, things are still amiss right now. They're still somewhat disjointed, but uh, you're starting to see signs of life. And by God, this team is never going to have a problem scoring. I think Cincinnati truly was an aberration in terms of scoring. Of course, it looks easier to score when you're making threes like Illinois is tonight. And that's not going to happen every night either. And this is where some consistency on defense can overcome that. And you think to last year and the run that they went on from basically late January to early March, there were games where offensively it was a struggle, but the defense is what pulled them through. If they can figure that out, they'll be fine. And by fine, I mean top three of the Big Ten, because Purdue is probably going to run away with this thing. And in there for a three seed in the NCAA tournament, something like that, might have to back away from my, not quite guarantee, but my optimism that this team was somehow going to get a one seed again. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, though, yeah, Listen, if we go back to last year at the same point, might have been close to the Baylor game. And as good as Baylor was, I think after that performance, we might have been a bit shook and thinking, well, we're probably very good, but maybe not great. Well, last year's team, for the most part, was great down the stretch. Maybe this team has a chance to do that. Look at me. Optimistic Carp. How's about that? All right, Twitch feed. Good to see some uh, new folks in there. Sean Soli 05 says, new look Alani. Top three in the Big Ten. I'll take it every year. Yeah, I do think this is still a top three Big Ten team based on tonight's performance. And also based on the fact that I don't trust the Big Ten, you know, skinniest kid at fat camp sort of thing, but I'll take it for now. And when you look at the recruiting wins that seem to be piling up for Brad Underwood, it really does make even the Cincinnati losses of the world easier to take. Uh, Fart Mountain, you're, you're all over tonight. Uh, the rim has been unclogged. Good Lord. Fart Mountain 86, I would love to figure out who was behind that uh, amazing username. Um, we got a few more people joining the Twitch feed and, uh, thank you. We got, I think about 40, 45 different followers or subscribers and that's going up. So thank you guys for that. Uh, this is new, you know, we're doing the video component to the podcast and these videos, I think stay up for two weeks. So you have an opportunity to, uh, watch me just ramble, which is probably what I'm going to do for most of the second half. Hey, another sponsor, the 200 level. Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior needs. These guys are expert craftsmen, great customer service, and they will get the job done on time and on budget. Um, also, they're great citizens of Champaign-Urbana. Since they've opened up, they've been giving back to the community. I cannot recommend these guys enough. Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. Go there for a free estimate today. All right. I need to just sort of... ah. 
There we go. First day back with students today, and I noticed my voice is feeling it. It was a nice, basically, we had about nine or 10 days without students, and getting back to it, I'm, I'm uh, a little bit fatigued. So if my voice cracks like Peter Brady, or was it Bobby Brady, which one? The middle Brady boy, uh, don't be alarmed. Another three for Jacob Grandison. Good God. 59 to 43. So Vegas had the line at six and a half. When the injuries came out, it moved down to four and a half. And I thought safe money is on Notre Dame because we were feeling the doldrums from last week and not knowing who was going to play. And it did not seem like Grandison or Trent Frazier and certainly Curbelo or BBV was going to play. Trent and Grandison alone have made this a different look for Illinois. A badly missed three from Notre Dame. Illinois has a chance to go up 18 or 19 points here. Trent Frazier, Monte pump fakes. He gets fouled. This is the second on Notre Dame. So... Another thing about tonight, and in the chat window, you guys can comment on this, but I have not enjoyed a game this year quite as much as this. And part of the reason for that is overall, it has been a clean game. I think the officials are letting them play. I also don't think that it's been a, a crazy physical kind of game either. Both of these teams are really kind of allowing each other to move, and that can be a problem if you look at Illinois' defense. But um, Notre Dame does not really have a defense to speak of. And you're taking advantage of that and doing what a good offense should against a defense like Notre Dame. And I, man, I'm watching this and thinking there were so many years with Weber and Gross where you wouldn't get to 59 points in a game. And a bad entry pass from DeMonte. And Trent cannot corral it going the other end here with 13.38 to go. Now, turnovers. I will need to check the box score for that. It has not seemed as bad. But man, you occasionally see some just boneheaded plays, and those are things that can't be corrected, and last year's team, they did eventually figure out the turnover thing, and it was not a bugaboo late for them, but uh, I, I just don't like the overall messiness that we continue to see. It is now a 14-point lead for Illinois, 59-45 to 45 with 13-15 to go. That's the Hulu stream for you. I'm probably a little bit behind you folks on the Twitch stream. Okay, entry pass to Kofi. He gets fouled. Grandison, good entry there. I mean, it's easy, right? One thing that I really like about Kofi as well, we've seen today, and actually this goes back to the last couple games, they have made an adjustment. He is kicking it out. And sometimes that does lead, like the first play of the game, kicks it back out to DeMonte, open three, boom, no problem. All right, entry pass, uh, inbounds pass from behind the basket. Plummer misses that three, a rebound for Notre Dame. Chance to get within 12 or 11 here with 13 minutes to go. As we look at this, three fouls for Notre Dame, two fouls for Illinois. So free throw is probably not going to be a big factor in the second half. Notre Dame with a nice jumper from the free throw line. So it's a 12-point lead. Now, what I don't want to see happen here is this get back into single digits. I want to put the uh, proverbial foot on the neck of Notre Dame. I want to make their bad night even worse after Brian Kelly goes to LSU. Kofi, unstoppable. Great touch around the rim. When he goes up, I know he's going to make it. And I think Jeremy had tweeted this out during the game. You go back to his freshman year, and he, at some points, was essentially throwing the ball at the rim. Such a far cry from that. He is just so seasoned around the rim. And this will be his last year here. He's going to make some money in the pros. He'll find his niche there somehow, some way. He's too damn good offensively. He's too big. And uh, All-American. I mean, this doesn't happen very much. To have an All-American on your team, let alone the second year in a row that you will have a first-team All-American. That's how good he is. So appreciate that. Even if this team maybe doesn't live up to every expectation, sometimes I need to take a step back and realize that I'm watching the greatest big in Illinois history. 
And that's no offense to some of the other bigs that have played for us, but essentially that's what we're watching. This is from T.S. Jarrett. It seems a little too easy right now for Notre Dame to make it in the paint and get a good jumper. I would agree with that. Um, 47 points for Notre Dame with 12 minutes to go. You're essentially looking at a 70-point performance for Notre Dame. I think they'll probably get a little bit over that at the pace that we see right now. And that is a little bit troubling. I, I don't think that's good enough. Notre Dame is, if they were in the Big Ten, they wouldn't be in the top eight, I don't think. Um, I, I'm really kind of confused as well as to why this became the Big Ten ACC Challenge matchup. And maybe this was made uh, when Kofi was you know, going pro and Iowa was already out of here and they thought that Illinois was going to be mediocre. I'm not sure. But it, it seems puzzling to me that this is a matchup along with Purdue and Florida State. Nice long two there from Trent to go back up 13. Sorry, 15, 63 to 48. How Duke and Ohio State, I get Duke and Ohio State. That does make sense. Michigan and North Carolina, that does make sense, even though North Carolina is not ranked and Michigan is not ranked anywhere near where we thought they would be. But it did seem um, puzzling to me that Illinois and Notre Dame would be a matchup when I thought, if you consider all the guys that were returning, we would have got a little bit more of a marquee matchup. Offensive board here for Notre Dame, a three is up and no good. Coleman Hawkins with the board. He's been quiet, relatively speaking, tonight. Goody is back out there. Melendez is back out there. And thank God, they they did not play the first eight minutes of the second half. And they were, for my money, two of the highlights of the first half. I can't trust them every game, just like you wouldn't trust any freshman every game. Coleman Hawkins with a three, no good. Nice little pass there from Goody to an open Hawkins. Did not land. But what we're seeing from Goody and Melendez, we're starting to see a little bit more consistency on defense. Oh, right, and they can shoot. <laughs> they aren't afraid to shoot. They're six foot seven, six foot eight guys, so they aren't going to get blocked more than likely. And they got a nice stroke. And to me, if we're thinking about who are the linchpins that are going to be consistent factors for the next four years, I'd like to think that these are two guys that will be that. Goody and Melendez. Hey, we got one more sponsor. <clears throat> Stay from agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy. He could be your guy as well. Cannot recommend the folks over at Brian Hansen State Farm Agency enough. They made our insurance process just super easy. I, I don't know anything about it, but I do know I get really good State Farm prices and they made it very easy to understand what we were getting in our policy. Go online to Brian is my guy. <laughs> there it goes. Voice cracking. Go online to brianismyguy.com. Awkward pause as I <clears throat> freshen my throat here. Man, so many plumber puns here from Papa Oscar. Got to change the stadium name from State Farm Center to the sink. Everything's getting drained. Between him and Fart Mountain, we are on a roll on the Twitch feed tonight. Thank you, guys. All right. Um, we are going to have a podcast midweek about Illinois football. I wanted to have that separate. We were in Michigan for Thanksgiving holiday and had a blast up there, rested, uh, great hanging out with family, and didn't get the opportunity to do that last year. So it was uh, refreshing and felt so natural and so nice to get back to it. On Saturday, went over to our my brother-in-law's place, my sister and brother-in-law up in Ann Arbor, or in Ipsy, which is right outside Ann Arbor, and watched Michigan-Ohio State. And... You know I'm not a big Michigan fan, but it's an easy choice for me. I can't do Ohio State football. And now that I've gotten to know some Michigan fans, you know, they are not the pompous type of Michigan fan. And it was fun to watch the game with them and cheer on Michigan. And I don't know if you guys were in the same boat as I was, but 
that was an easy choice. Root for Michigan in that game. We needed some fresh blood. I'm just sick and tired of seeing the Buckeyes do what they do. So Michigan dominates, and then the Illinois game starts, and by the end of the first quarter, 28-0. against Northwestern. That was fun. It was much needed. Uh, it was overdue. And to me, that kind of win can change the complexion of the first year for Brett Bielema. Now, I'm going to get more into detail in this on Wednesday when I do a football pod, but overall, net positive, right? If you look at this first year for Brett Bielema, you feel good about the way things are going, and it does matter how you end the season. It matters how you begin and end the season, and really, the two best games this team played, you could argue, I mean, well, I say that. Penn State, of course, was a highlight, and so was at Minnesota, but Nebraska at home, that was a great debut for Brett Bielema. And then to bookend it with the win against Northwestern in the style that you got it is super encouraging. You outclass them, you know, and I think when it comes to winning the battles in the state of Illinois and and getting people's attention, you can make Northwestern the non-entity that it was. And listen, Pat Fitzgerald is a very good coach. I would argue great when you consider what he's done at a place like Northwestern. But I don't know if that's something you can count on, given the fact that he has also been the beneficiary of a weak Big Ten West. Illinois has not been good. There's a reason that Illinois has lost over and over again to Northwestern, mostly because we stink, right? Well, if Illinois doesn't stink, for the most part, we beat Northwestern. There have not been many good Illinois teams that have lost to Northwestern. And you can go back in all the media guides, for the most part, Any Illinois team that made a bowl beats Northwestern. Any Illinois team that's close to a bowl tends to do well against Northwestern. So at least we're getting back to that. We're kind of leveling the playing field against a a program that we should not lose to. And that felt good, man. You kicked their ass. And you probably could have kicked it even more. I don't know. You didn't call off the dogs necessarily, but I think you got maybe a little more conservative in your play calling. And overall, just as feel good of a game 12 as you could have asked for. So kudos to him. Kudos to the super seniors. Kudos to this team for somehow having withstood what I thought might have been three season-ending moments. At Virginia, I think we all might have considered that this was going to be a repeat of 2020. We still suck. Didn't happen. After the Wisconsin game, still had those, you know, flashbacks to how bad it was with Lovey Smith. Did not happen. Then you end up beating Penn State. And then finally, wow, Luke Goody. Getting physical out there. Wow. We got a jump ball that will go to Notre Dame, but Luke Goody making the kind of play that is actually worthy of the hashtag everyday guys. Actually worthy of that. And his teammates love it. I'm sure Brad Underwood loves it even more. Um, But then the other one for Illinois, if you consider the Rutgers game, and then what do they do the next week? They win at Minnesota. Go figure. So three times this team could have quit. Essentially, or or I should say, the coaching staff could have kind of turned the page and said, yeah, we got bigger fish to fry. We got to really focus on the future. And somehow they kept these guys together enough to go out there and win some big games. So five and seven to me in the way that you got the five wins, this was every bit as good as three years ago. And honestly, I'm more encouraged because, or two years ago, excuse me, 2019, right? Um, But I'm even more encouraged because I think that there is a template here that they can repeat and have some consistent success with. All right, back to this basketball game. I'll get more in-depth with football on Wednesday. 63-53, to uh, Blake Wesley with 20 points for Notre Dame makes it a 10-point game. Now, this is a moment where if you're Illinois, again, 
respond. Don't let Notre Dame get too close here. Don't let it get back into single digits. Grandison with a take. We got a nice feed to Kofi. Easy layup. Unstoppable. I hope they flash how many points Kofi has. I'm guessing 24. Something like that. Consider that Kofi didn't play for most of the first eight minutes of the game because he got one foul. All right, 65 to 53. Good response on offense. Can you get a stop on defense? Plummer with a reach and foul. He was going for the jump ball. He does not get it. That will be the fifth team foul on Illinois. So no bonus yet with about 9.30 to go. As they show this replay, Grandison, really nice bounce pass into Kofi, who just two dribbles, lay up with his left hand. No problem. All right, Kofi with 22, not 24. 11 for 13 from the field, six boards. Yeah, a monster. But now I'm really going to focus on the defense. A long two for Notre Dame, easy open look. Again, the defense not getting stops. If we are simply trading buckets here at the end of this game and it just kind of stays here, I'm, I don't want to say discouraged, but I think that it's going to show that, yeah, this team still has a long way to go um, despite the fact that the effort and the energy have been vastly improved and the offense is just going to be good. Easy for Kofi here. He gets held by Notre Dame's number 14. Again, I don't know their names. Oh, that's Lazuski. There we go. That's a name that you would see on a Notre Dame basketball team, isn't it? 65 to 55. We now have four fouls on Notre Dame, five on Illinois. Oh, they just flashed uh, Io DeSumo's stats. He's averaging six points a game for the Bulls in 16 minutes a game, and I think that's going to stay consistent. He's, he's part of that rotation. Plummer looking for Kofi, but he overshoots him. Cute, but a little too cute. Notre Dame, a chance to get the single digits here on this possession. I need to see a stop. 8.50 to go. Pick up top. Alfonso Plummer on number two. Okay, number three of the three. It is up and is no good. Decent look for Notre Dame, um, but pretty far. I think that was about a 24, 25-foot three-pointer. Looks like Underwood wants to call a quick timeout, and he's not pleased by something, and I'm guessing the sloppiness and defense. Easy to guess, right? Yeah, and, you know, T.S. Jared says it here in the chat thread. Wide open shots for Notre Dame. I, I don't understand why that is. And what I'm also confused about, you would think that defense could be a consistent threat even when you lose guys. It's fifth year of Brad Underwood. You know, Stephen Gentry was known more as the offensive guru. So I don't know if <laughs> Orlando Antigua or Chin Coleman were the defensive gurus. I know that Chin Coleman was, uh, or excuse me, Antigua was the big guy coach. But if anything, I kind of associated the defensive identity to Brad Underwood, especially because he was the one that made the adjustment after the first year when his sort of, not havoc, but really high-pressure defense did not end up working. So I associated every improvement that you made analytically, the reason the Ken Palm rated you, even the number one defense this year, not even close. So listen, you know, Teachable wins are a lot better than teachable losses. Get the win tonight. Have things to learn from it. But tighten it up. And, and sometimes it's just a damn effort thing. You know, the effort and the energy have been there, especially on offense. But, um, you know, these lapses on defense, you're an old enough team. Even when Melendez and Goody are out there, or one of them is out there, you're an old enough team to do better defensively. And that is a problem. As we have more miscommunication on offense, and Brad Underwood is livid. So Jake... Jacob Grandison thought the plumber was going to go baseline. Plumber stopped. The ball sails out of bounds. Two straight turnovers for Illinois on offense. Ten-point game. Four second-half turnovers for Illinois, so you could do worse. None for Notre Dame. What does that tell you? 
you were not really defending well. <laughs> Good defenses tend to cause the occasional turnover by default. It ain't happening. As there was a very DeMonte Williams kind of play for Notre Dame. They launch it off of Jacob Grandison's foot. They will get the ball out of bounds with 7.54 to go when we come back. I say when we come back. I'm taking a five-second break to huh, moisten my vocal cords a little bit here. Man, talking to those young whippersnappers at school. That's a lot. Quick reminder, the 200 Levels brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com for all the best deals and prices. dpdo.com. Okay. As I look at the schedule coming up, Rutgers, Friday night, 6 o'clock, I think, early tip-off. Win that game. You should. I think that's a team that's probably comparable to Notre Dame. Finished, like, what, 8th or ninth in the Big Ten this year. Um, just get the win. And it's not going to be easy against Rutgers, though they have somewhat struggled, I think, to start the year. You also have next Monday, and this is, uh, ugh, I don't <laughs> I don't like this, this early in the season. Iowa, at Iowa. I don't like playing Carver-Hawkeye. You do get Iowa at home to end the season. I think you'll be fine by the time we get to March. The way Iowa's playing right now, though, <laughs> Keegan Murray is an absolute monster. He is probably a first-team All-Big Ten caliber player. Jordan Bohannon is Jordan Bohannon. There's another freaking McCaffrey who got the game-winning block to seal that win against Virginia tonight. Patrick McCaffrey. How many of there are there? I, I don't know, but they all look the same to me. So you get them on Monday night, and I have no expectations for that game. I assume that Trevor and Isaac will be here for that one. Um, I will probably be flying solo again on Friday night for the second half of the Iowa game. But uh, <laughs> why Iowa? Why now? The good thing is you get Arizona next Saturday. And to me, that is going to be very much a measuring stick game to see where are you at at this point in the season. I think you can get the win at home. Um, after I'm seeing tonight's game, I think it's going to be a fun, high-scoring affair. You just got to get some stops. And Michigan couldn't do that against Arizona. Can you? I think scoring's not going to be a problem. I'm not worried about scoring. Easy to say when you're making as many threes as Illinois has tonight. And really, that's the difference in the margin right now. But Notre Dame's not shooting that bad either. You're just scoring at that much higher of a clip. You're getting more shot attempts. The offensive efficiency is probably through the roof for Illinois right now. Though it has been somewhat stagnant with some turnovers recently. So when we come back with about 7.30 to go in the game, uh, it is going to be Notre Dame ball. I think there was another foul when we hit the break there. The sixth foul in Illinois. Don't let this get into a two-possession game. Let's Don't get cute. Don't let this become a thriller when really it probably should be a nine or 10-point win. I don't need 15. I don't need 20 points, but this should probably remain about at the margin that it's at right now. The key, though, I, I don't care if they start sucking on offense. Get the stops. And if we get stops here when it matters the most, I'll be that much more encouraged. And almost consider this a complete performance. I mean, consider the fact that Trent and Grandison are back for the first time in a couple games. And you're starting to get all these pieces to work together. Overall, there's been actually pretty good consistency out there on the court without your starting point guard. So any win against Notre Dame tonight, even if you would have told me before the game that Trent and Grandison were going to play, this is one of those games where you just got to get off the schneid and start feeling good about yourself again. You're on track to do that with 7.50 to go, up 10, but you need to get stops. And we got a charge. DeMonte was outside of the little semicircle there by the hoop. Nice take there um, by DeMonte. So 65-55, Illinois ball. Much needed. As I look at DeMonte's feet, oh my God, was he just outside the circle? But he was, and he was set. 
So by the book, that is a charge. The glue guy, DeMonte Williams. Made a three to start the game, but has he made any shots since? I don't think so. Okay, Grandison, entry feed to Kofi. He's on the right side of the lane here. He's going to try to take it himself. No problem. He will go to the line, it looks like. That's the sixth foul on Notre Dame, but I think they will call this a shooting foul. Five fouls on Illinois, so maybe free throws do, in fact, become a factor here. Can't tell because I got the sound off if this will be... No, this will be a shooting foul. Okay, so I guess I'll be making a bet with myself. Will Kofi make one or both? I'm going to say both. You know me. I'm an optimist. That's what fanboy Carp is known for. Kofi is 68% of the season. You could do worse for a big man. 0 for 1 tonight. Let's get back to that percentage. First one is up, and uh, that that's missed very, very badly. Hmm. I lost my own bet. 65-55, it remains of the second free throw coming up. Coleman Hawkins coming back in the game. He has really come back down to earth after... <laughs> You know me, I never make bold proclamations on this podcast. I thought legit he was the third best player on the team. I don't know if I can say that. I know I know the ceiling is probably that, but he has really had that sophomore slump within even the last three games. Kofi does make the second. 11-point Illinois lead with 7.20 to go. Notre Dame is going to have, oh, wow, nice take from this Helolinski kid. They're going to call the foul on the floor. Don't give him much in the way of continuation there. I think this will be Kofi's third foul. Don't think it's any more than that. 7.17 to go, and then Notre Dame will take this ball out from underneath the basket. <sighs> Voice keeps cracking there. All right. Twitch feed, how are we feeling? Do we get this done tonight? Or I should say, at what margin? Okay, nice take here from Notre Dame. Too easy. I mean, <laughs> it's that Helensky. It's not Helensky. I know that's not his name, but it's some, I think it's a Polish name. He goes in for an easy take. It is a 66-57 to 57 lead for Illinois. DeMonte now taking it himself. Careful, DeMonte. Kicks it back out to Trent, who gives it to Plummer. Plummer is now at the top of the three-point line. Over to DeMonte on the left side. Down to Kofi. They're going to double him up, but they are too late, and he is going to go to the line. So we're doing a little hack-a-shack here. How effective will it be? Hopefully not effective at all, meaning that Kofi actually makes his free throws. Even if it is just one, you know, and I'm trying to temper expectations when Kofi goes to the line, but even if you just make one here to go back up 10. But they showed the replay of this take for Notre Dame. That, that's just BS, and that's the kind of defense that drives me nuts. You are looking at a game, at a game where Notre Dame will probably end in the low 70s. You could do worse. But when you see the ease with which they've gotten some of these shots, that's uh, a little disconcerting. And that's got to be correctable. I I would think it's correctable. Kofi's first shot is up and good. Nice stroke. That's the thing about Kofi's free throw shooting. It doesn't make a lot of sense because he does actually have a nice stroke from the free throw line. But just very inconsistent. Okay, so right now he is, uh, let's see, three for five, I think, from the line. Let's see if he can get to four for six. With a second free throw, 67-57, one dribble, two dribbles. The shot is up, and it is rimmed in and out. Again, the stroke looked good. What can you do? What do they say about Shaq? The fact that his hands were that big. Imagine trying kind of like the Bozo Grand Prize game. You're shooting a ping pong into a bucket, but in this case, the proportions are all out of whack. It is hard to have control when your hands are that big. So I do understand that. As another easy take for Notre Dame, not getting stops and letting this game tighten up. Getting nervous yet? 
I'm getting a little bit nervous. Just win the damn game. But I'd also like to feel good about it. Okay, we got 6.15 to go. Plummer to Kofi. Kofi's going to shoot her from the top of the key. Not the shot you want. You know, All-American or not, this happened, I think, in the Cincinnati game. You were up by a pretty decent margin. Kofi decides to shoot an 18-footer. Why? You had 15 seconds on the shot clock. Six minutes to go in Notre Dame. With the ball, the three is up, and it is good. <laughs> it's a five-point game. I don't have anyone in the room to get pissed off with. If you lost this game, I will say it would be absolutely devastating. It would be because all the good vibes. I know the team was feeling good, too. Why wouldn't you? After the way that the season started, you should be feeling good with the way this game's going. It looks like we got an off-the-ball foul, which will send Kofi to the line. The hack-a-shack continues. This is on Lazuski. I don't know if he's in foul. Oh, it is his fourth foul, so I doubt that was intentional because they need him on offense. So this is an interesting wrinkle, but if I'm Mike Bray, I probably just keep him out there. Kofi will go to the line for one and one. Dear God. Okay, so Lazuski will take a seat probably until the under four-minute timeout, 5.37 to go. Mike Bray looking uh, scruffy. With his beard. 67-62. Kofi, 24 points. He's two for five from the line. This is a one and one It is up and good. Nice shot from Kofi. My God, remember two years ago against Michigan State when he made both of those free throws late? And I won't finish the sentence because you remember how that happened or how that ended. Devastating fashion. But man, it felt like, oh my God, he made both of these. We got this. Okay, Kofi with the second free throw to go back up seven with 5.37 to go. The shot is up, and it is good. Well done, Kofi. So that gets him to four of seven from the line. So somewhat close to a season average of about 68%. I'm not a math whiz, but it seems about right. Now you got to get a stop. 69 to 62. Seven-point lead for Illinois with 5.30 to go. Looks like State Farm Center standing up and getting into this here. Uh, a must-stop. And we got a kick out to the three-point line. Pump fake. No three yet for Notre Dame. Ten on the shot clock. There's 5.16 to go. They're kind of dribbling around. So, so far, a good defensive set until the very end. And we got a block on DeMonte. Now, if you're going to call a charge on the last one that DeMonte took, I feel like you got to take one or call the same one there if you're going to be consistent. We'll probably see the replay. Maybe he came in or slid in a little bit late. With 5.12 to go, it will be two shots for Notre Dame. Thankfully, they did not make that shot. DeMonte comes over, and I think he was a little bit too deep. I don't know if his foot was inside the semicircle or not, but the contact was when the shot was already up. And if I'm being honest, I don't like charges. I, I wish they would do away with it. Because I, I feel like sometimes it just puts way too much power in the referee's hands. And half the time, they don't get it right. And it just seems like, I like Lucas Johnson as much as the next guy. But the whole taking a charge thing, how about you just play defense and keep the guy from scoring? I love you though, DeMonte. I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. You're playing the game as it is written. 69-62, the second free throw is up and good. So it's a six-point lead for Illinois with 5-12 to go. And a quick reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by... Fourth and Kirby online at fourthandkirby.com for all your vintage-inspired Illini apparel at fourthandkirby.com. Okay, need a bucket and need some stops. And honestly, if you just get stops, you're going to win this damn game. But first things first, let's get some points. Kofi with the ball. They're going to foul him, I think. Maybe not. Kofi almost loses it. He's got to kick it to somebody. He does to Plummer on the left side. Plummer now at the free throw line. He's got to shoot. Well, he didn't have to shoot up then. 
And he got a little bit. Oh, Coleman Hawkins with the board up and in. That's a huge play from Coleman Hawkins. And honestly, that kind of play to go up 71 to 63 is every bit as impressive as some of the flashy dunks that we've seen from him. Johnny on the spot, that kind of putback is something that you need in the most crucial parts of the game. Very heads-up play from Coleman Hawkins. Three from Notre Dame is up and no good. That was a bit of a, not a heat check three, but a bit forced from Notre Dame. Kind of bailed out Illinois' defense there, which wasn't doing bad, but go deeper in the shot clock, I would think, if you're the Fighting Irish. Eight-point lead for Illinois. Get another bucket here as we get into the under-four timeout. 4-10 to go. DeMonte on the left side of the arc. He's looking for Kofi. Back up top to Coleman. Entry pass into Kofi. He's going to do a little hook shot off the backboard. No good. A little bit strong on that. A little bit of contact, I felt like, too, but nothing called. Illinois will be in the, uh, oh, no, they will not be in the double bonus next, but we got to travel on Notre Dame with 3.53 to go. It is an eight-point Illinois lead, so right now they are still in position to maybe win this game by that 10-point margin I was talking about. A couple stops in the last couple possessions, and just got to string together a few more of those. You know, as you look at this with Notre Dame at 63 points with 3.53 to go, you think, great, and, you know, maybe so. Uh, Maybe I am harping a little too much on this Illinois defense. But I do think that the ease, or I should say the open looks that Notre Dame has gotten, and I know T.S. Jared, you've talked about that. The open looks they've gotten leads me to think that a better team would make more of them and have more than the 63 points that they currently have. All right. Sorry, I need to moisten these vocal cords again. When we do these live pods, usually it is, you know, hey, Isaac, you talk now. Trevor, you talk now. No such luck tonight. There we go. All right. (sighs) If Illinois wins this game, how good would we feel? Well, I would feel optimistic. I would feel as if, okay, um, you answered the bell when you most needed to because losing tonight would have been devastating, especially on the uh, heels of Trent Frazier and Jacob Grandison actually playing and contributing. Jacob Grandison shooting well, Trent Frazier just offering that energy, and and I I would guess leadership that you might have been lacking on Friday against UTRGV. So when those guys were announced, I thought, well, okay, now you got to win. I got to be honest, though, even before it was announced that they were going to play, I thought, I still think we got a chance because, first off, sports are a funny thing. So when that was announced earlier this morning that all these guys were potentially going to miss tonight's game, of course, there's the doom and gloom, but then you think, well, wait a second. It's basketball. Things can happen. And maybe this team will still find a way to eke out a victory. I was actually optimistic throughout most of the day that they would find some way to do it. I was not quite as gung-ho on Notre Dame outright winning this game, though I thought if Illinois were to win it, it'd be close. I would love to close this game out strong and have a 12, 13, 14-point win against a not great but good enough Notre Dame team. This is from T.S. Jared. You win these two games this week and get everyone healthy going into next week. I'm feeling better, but still a bit worried with our defense. I think, Jared, that's basically it. Um, my sentiments exactly. And Do I think this team will be better in February and March than they are now? Yes. Are we seeing signs, at least tonight, that this team, when they play well, can be really damn good? Yes. But that is all handicapped when the defense allows the looks that they have allowed so far. All right, I can't believe it. We might actually have a game, knock on wood, over under the two-hour mark. Doesn't happen much in college basketball nowadays with as many fouls and 
just officials taking over the game. So uh, is it Larry Sciato? Sciato? I don't even know how to say his name, but he's a guy that's been around for quite a while. Actually, I think this crew's calling a good game and keeping it nice and clean. So we might actually get out of here under the two-hour mark, and I can get to bed because I got to be up at 5.50 to get back to school tomorrow. Not complaining. I know there are people that have far more arduous jobs than teaching, so... That, that probably sounded bad. 71-63, to 63, Illinois will inbound the ball from, let's see, not the baseline, but right in front of the Notre Dame bench. So Coleman Hawkins to Trent Frazier. Every possession crucial here, and you are two fouls away from the double bonus. Notre Dame has eight fouls. Okay, Alfonso Plummer on the left side of the arc. He's looking for Kofi. Good defense so far from Notre Dame. DeMonte now on the left side of the arc. Now at top of the key over to Trent in the right corner. He's trying to take a baseline. Nothing going there. Kofi repositions himself down by the hoop. A long three from Trent is deflected. Yeah, not a good offensive set. 71-63, to eight-point lead. Notre Dame with the ball. Chance to make this even closer. From the free throw line, Coleman Hawkins rebounds nicely on defense. Notre Dame with 15 on the shot clock. They're looking low. Kofi slaps it away. Okay, fine. 10 seconds on the shot clock. Notre Dame still with the ball. And Trent Frazier gets called for a foul, and I don't know about this. We need to see a replay. In real time, it looked clean. And what would be infuriating is if it was, in fact, clean. What I hate more than anything are officiating calls that are anticipated. That's clean as a whistle. <laughs> the guy got his pocket picked, and they're calling a foul on Trent. He touched his arm. Okay, so here's what happened. He eventually got the guy's wrist only after he knocked the ball out of his hands. Now, as they would say, ball don't lie, but Kofi cannot corral the rebound and a three for Notre Dame. Well, that's even more devastating. <laughs> uh, I don't know how Kofi doesn't get that board. That is, in, that's not just frustrating, that's infuriating. Because you do have high expectations for your All-American to get a freaking rebound and not allow a Notre Dame six foot nine dude to get it over him. Now you got to score. Alfonso Plummer gets fouled. He will go to the line for two. Man, that really is the first time tonight I've been ticked off. You let a guy get the rebound on you off of a free throw. Oof. You, you went from bad to good to even worse. A bad foul call on Trent, a missed free throw that bailed you out, and then they get a three. Big free throws here for Alfonso Plummer, 240 to go. Vegas is sweating this one out. The spread's four and a half. Plummer makes the first free throw. Ay, ay, ay. Six-point lead for Illinois. All right. Second shot up for Plummer. He doesn't waste much time. That one's good, too. Get the feeling he's going to be at the end-of-game lineups. When you can shoot threes and make free throws, you got to be, right? 73-66. to 66. Okay, Trent Frazier. His man beats him off the dribble there and misses the layup. Coleman Hawkins gets the board. Another good look for Notre Dame. Talk about teachable moments. Man, get, get out of here with a win and then figure out this damn defense. Because we all know, right, 66 points may not be a ton, but we all know something is not right with that defense. Kofi cannot finish, and better be careful, Kofi, no foul. Notre Dame now with the break. They got numbers. 2.08 to go. The three-pointer is up, and it is no good. DeMonte with the box out. Illinois gets a big board. Two minutes to go. Three-possession lead for Illinois. Trent Frazier will bring it across half court. 
And we got Coleman Hawkins top of the key. Now DeMonte left side of the arc. He brings it to the top of the key and back to Trent. Resetting the offense and a quick timeout from Brad Underwood. That is their third, so they got one left. And yeah, big possession here. So I understand why the timeout's being called. You can maybe not put them away, but get pretty damn close to it if you get a good shot on this. Ugh. I'm not, I'm not sweating this out too much, but I just don't know why we need to make it harder than it is. You know, I, and maybe I'm getting greedy considering how this team's been playing so far this year. This is great improvement really across the board, but it did feel as if you had them on the ropes and this didn't need to be anything close to sweating it out late. Okay. I think they will. I don't believe in jinxes or anything, so I will say that, yes, I do think Illinois does, in fact, close this out. 149 to go. We're back from the commercial break. A quick reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by Rector Construction, online R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. For all your home exterior needs, that's rectorconstruction.com. Kofi's been a bit cold, and I say that for a guy that's got 26 points and six boards, but he has been a bit cold in the last five minutes. Do you feed it to him because he could get fouled and then he goes to the line? Do you want him at the line or do you try to get someone else the ball? Coleman Hawkins was looking for Kofi. Nothing there. Plummer is probably just going to heave this up. He finds Trent. Corner jumper is up. It is no good. Kofi gets the board. It is up. It is no good, but he does get fouled. He will get two shots on this, so that's good. Um, double bonus now for Illinois. And that was a shooting foul anyways with 131 to go. Okay. Whew. Ah, geez. Voice is really feeling it. Good thing is the kids are doing testing tomorrow, so I get these long chunks of time where I don't need to say a damn thing. Kofi, four for seven from the line. I would love for him to get up to six for nine. That would be right at his season average around 66%. Okay. One dribble, two dribbles. The first free throw is up. It's good. Well done, Kofi. Hey, listen, if he shoots a two, you know, if he makes two-thirds of his free throws this year, he's not the liability from the line. I think last year he was a clip under 60%. You get close to 70% as a big man like that, you take it. Especially when the guy's giving you, you know, 20 points in the paint every single game. I'll take a 65 to 70% free throw shooting Kofi. The second one is up and good. Huge. Nine-point lead for Illinois with 131 to go. Get a stop, and then Notre Dame will just be forced to start fouling and fouling quick. Coleman Hawkins lets his guy beat him, but he does recover and kind of challenges the layup. Okay, uh, some good and bad on that defensive possession, but Illinois gets the stop and the board. 115 to go. No foul yet from Notre Dame. They will play this possession out. If you get a bucket, the game is essentially over. 110 to go. Plummer. Up top here, he's looking for Kofi. Nothing there yet. Trent will take it up at the top here with 10 seconds to go in the shot clock. Maybe some pick and roll here with Kofi. Kofi is looking for it. Trent is going to force it up a bit. He does. No, oh, he travels. Trying to do too much. You wonder what effect the leg has. And as much as I love Trent, forcing it on a couple recent possessions offensively. And we don't need him doing that. We got enough offensive weapons out there. I, I mean, this is maybe going to sound crazy. I'd rather Jacob Grandison set him up for a three, the way that he's shooting tonight, even though I don't know if Grandison's even out there right now. He is not. Trent Frazier is up at the top guarding the point guard. And a take here from Notre Dame is up and good. No foul. <laughs> Again, though, too damn easy. 
Plummer gets foul, then Notre Dame, I think it's a taste of their own medicine after the bogus foul call on Trent earlier. 45 seconds to go. Plummer will get two shots to try to extend this lead back to nine. Vegas is still sweating this one out. Okay. Well, if it's anything like the last free throws we saw from Plummer, I feel pretty good about this. Whew. Not nervous, not nervous. Ah, oh, damn it, it's 10 o'clock. It looks like this might go a clip over two hours, though I guess tip-off was 8.06. I shouldn't probably complain here. All right, here's Plummer. First free throw is up. Good. No problem. Man, he's got a good stroke. <laughs> I mean, from three-point range and from the free throw line, he has a pretty shot. Very compact, unlike the Aaron Cosby's of the world. Second one's up and good. No problem. I mean, that's money. He has to be in the end-of-game lineup. 77-68, to 64.8 to go. Notre Dame trying to keep as much time on the clock here. They're going to really go quick as an open three is up and no good. Rebound to DeMonte, and he will get it out of there. No, he gets fouled with 33.6. So it looks like Illinois will be able to ice this thing at the line. A win is a win, and a lot of positives at the end of the day. Of course, some concerns, but you know what? Overall, you got to feel good about the way this team responded and think, okay, um, <laughs> worst case scenario probably is not in the cards, and that if this team does get fully healthy and figures their stuff out, they will be still probably in the top three of the Big Ten. A weak Big Ten, I would argue. Uh, but we did see some of that depth surface tonight. DeMonte misses the first free throw. DeMonte, I think, has scored since his opening three. Um, but this team does have depth, as we saw tonight. And the freshmen that are in the rotation, seeing Luke Goody and R.J. Melendez do what they did, I wanted them to stay in the game the rest of the way. And that's how much fun I was having watching them in the first half. 78-68 to 68 with 33.6 to go. Notre Dame rushing it up the court. And a good stop here on the take. Kofi keeping the guy in front of him. And they're going to call an and one. Just silly from Kofi. Don't bump him. Kofi not... Finishing the game strong. He did make his last two free throws, but he's he's saying I didn't touch him, but he got enough with the hip. If you get the hip check as the guy's taking it in, they will call the damn foul. Uh, yeah, this is from Shine for Kent. Overlook Monte running the point and uh, running it well. He really did step up today. You know that that's a good point. We we so often <laughs> another board here from Monte and a nice clear out. Plumber will go to the line. Okay, yeah. To your point, Shime. Talk about glue guy. And by the way, I need to stop saying talk about because that's such a terrible cliche for sports media types. Talk about this guy here. DeMonte running the point tonight. Trent Frazier has been out there quite a bit. He's run some point. But DeMonte has had to do some facilitating. And while the box score won't reflect a lot of that, I think overall, the other things he's doing on the court make him invaluable. So I get why he is in this end-of-game lineup. I get why he's playing 30 minutes a game. Good thing he came back. Uh, He will help you win games, and he helped you win tonight. So, Shime, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I probably was not giving enough credit to DeMonte, who is one of my favorites and uh, is really kind of cementing his legacy as one of those guys like, oh, man, remember remember DeMonte? And not not in the same way that we do a D. Brown, maybe the same way that we do – well, certainly like a Lucas Johnson or something. And a stupid foul from Grandison. Stop touching them. Good God. This team still has some stupid in it. They really do. They still have some stupid in them. As Brad Underwood's probably asking Grandison, what the hell are you doing? 
Oh, my God. Uh, Sean Solio 5 says, this team can take it to another level uh, if you get Curbelo help, healthy. I, I agree. You know, and maybe... I. I I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that what we saw when Corbello came back were the after effects of whatever head injury that was. I don't think that is an impossibility. Okay, 80 to 71. Now it's 80 to 72. Notre Dame has two timeouts. They will probably foul. Here's the inbound play. Grandison will take it, and he finds, does he find anybody? He does find Trent Frazier, who's trying to get it out. He does to Plummer. Great pass across the court. 12.3. Plummer's going to pad those stats. Got to see what his point total is tonight, but it's got to be pretty high. All right. I guess there was a fire Nagy chant earlier. <laughs> I, l- listen, it may not be the classiest thing, but it's sports. These things happen, uh, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not bothered by fire Nagy. The guy's a terrible coach. 81 to 72 is Plummer makes the first. Here comes the second up. Good. No problem. He's not going to miss. Good to know. Good to know when you're in a close game who you got to get the ball to. Okay, Notre Dame. Oh, my God. They run into their own guy. What the hell happened there? It's going to be Illinois ball, right? I don't know what they call it, the travel, I assume. That looked like it hurt. Notre Dame calls off the dogs, and Illinois will win 82-72. to 72. Great performance when you consider the circumstances, when you consider your starting point guard is out, and you needed to win badly. Now, what are the things to work on? Of course, defense. We know that. Um, that can be worked on. Kofi with 28 and 8. Ho-hum. <laughs> you know, I nitpick at the end there because there were a couple plays that were uncharacteristic for Kofi. Um, but essentially, that's me asking for perfection when the guy played out of 100. On 100 scale, the guy played a game at basically 95%. What more can you ask for? Um, and that opens everything up for everybody. And we saw guys make shots. And we're starting to see Kofi get more comfortable kicking the ball out when he does get doubled. So that is encouraging offensively. This team is going to be really good offensively all year long. Defensively, figure it out. Fortunately, I think you can. At least I hope you can. All right, well, hey, Twitch uh, users, thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Thank you to DP Doe, Rector Construction, 4th and Kirby, and... Uh, State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Sorry, Brian. I was getting a little bit tongue-tied there. It's been a full hour and two minutes of talking and doing some play-by-play when those sixth graders sort of wore me out today in school. So I'm going to go and uh, get some shut-eye and enjoy the fact that Illinois really did bounce back today and we should feel pretty good about, uh, about where things are going heading into Rutgers on Friday. Win that game and at least set up some intrigue going into Iowa, which I don't think any of us would feel good about but at least you would give yourselves a shot. And boy, would that be something, right? Beat Rutgers, and then next Monday, pull something off, and all of a sudden we're thinking, whoa, okay, they, they might have figured this out a lot quicker than we thought they would, given the first six games of the year. It is a long season. I was freaked out. I'm assuming that some of you may have been freaked out too. This removes for me the worst-case scenario that was starting to percolate in my mind and uh, gives me hope that this team can and potentially will figure it out to be a top 20, maybe top 15 caliber team and be dangerous when it matters the most. Isn't that what it's all about? And maybe some more good news coming on the recruiting front. It's a healthy basketball program and uh, I'll take it. And I'll be back at the State Farm Center. I just needed a break. So thank you on Twitch for joining me tonight. I appreciate it for all you guys out there and for those in the chat thread. T.S. Jared, Shime, Sean Soley, 
who was the Fart Mountain? Thank you, Fart Mountain. <laughs> what a name. Fart Mountain, you need to come back. You really do. And there was one other name that I don't want to forget as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, Papa Oscar. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Hope you have a good rest of your either late Monday or Tuesday. And uh, we'll be back on Wednesday to put a bow on the first season of Brett Bielema at the helm of Illinois football. We will not be taking a week-long break again. It's good to be back. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving break, and we will see you very soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and it is the 200 level. Mm-hmm.